Hi, and welcome to episode 107 of No Crying in Baseball, the There is So Much Crying in Baseball episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend, the birthday girl, Potty Mouth. Happy birthday, Potty Mouth. Hey, thank you. And this this episode actually drops on my birthday. So there you go, folks. It's my birthday. And uh, and I guess that means we can keep celebrating because I feel like we've been celebrating in some form for weeks with all of the playoffs and the World Series and the parade. And Wait, was there a World Series? There was. And we're going to talk a lot more about it. And we'll talk about all the other celebrations. So we'll just keep on celebrating. So that that sounds like a good thing. On today's show, did you hear that the Nationals won the World Series? You might hear more about that today. And because the World Series is over, it's already time for the hot stove. So welcome to it. Which leads to our vocabulary lesson, exercising your options. Defense is sexy. The Gold Glove Awards were announced. We're going to talk about Carlos Beltran and Mike Matheny, kind of opposite sides of new manager coins right there. Did I mention the Nats won the World Series? They've been cross-training with hockey. Yay, Capitals. We're going to throw some shade and some math at the World Series and playoff umpires. We're going to talk about topless fans, because why wouldn't we? And did I mention that the Nationals are the champions of the world? All right, here come all the announcements. Welcome to the hot stove. Things are happening quickly. Things started happening like hours before the parade started, the parade to commemorate the Washington Nationals World Series. So we're going to start with a vocabulary lesson because one of the first things we had to do on Sunday while we were getting in line for the parade was learn about exercising an option because Steven Strasburg had an exercise and option. Well, I was thinking that we needed to learn about the exercise option after the week of partying. We needed to get some exercise optioned in there as opposed to the beer drinking and other festivities. Exercise is always an option. We just tend to put it aside for beer drinking and other activities. So as an example of exercising your option, Steven Strasburg, the MVP of the World Series, has a contract with the Washington Nationals that gives him, and this is not uncommon for a long contract, specific years on which the player can opt out of the contract and say, no, thank you. I would like to become a free agent now. This is that year for Steven Strasburg. And so he exercised his option that was written into the contract. Instead of going for the remaining four years for another $100 million, he said, I'm going to exercise my option. I'm now a free agent. People can bid on me. It's likely the Nationals will try to get him back, but his options are now open. The other option you may have heard about is there are players that have one-year contracts with an option to renew, and that option is on the side of the team to offer that option, like Big City, Matt Adams, who came back to the Nats this year, had an option for the Nats. The Nats had an option to renew him for next year, and they didn't, which makes me a little bit sad. But we got a lot of people. But those are the two kinds of options that you'll be hearing about a lot, mainly this week. Didn't that happen to Zimmerman, too? Didn't he not get renewed? Yes. So Zimmerman also had an option to renew that was on the side of the Nationals. His contract was over. um, The Nats could renew it, and Mm -hmm. they chose not to. And that's because his the next year's salary would have been eighteen million dollars. And much as we love Zim, he wasn't quite there. He yeah, his numbers weren't there. And they just don't. And frankly, he said out loud, "The money doesn't matter as much to me. I just want to retire as a National." So he wants to stay here. So they can probably re-sign him for six million dollars. And oh, okay. Everybody's so going to be happy, stay even despite what happened. I think it's likely that he would. I don't. I. I don't think. I don't think he would go anywhere else. I think that he would retire 
rather than go somewhere else. But I think he's I got imagine. he's got a lot of play left in him. I think yeah. he would like to stay, and I would like to see that happen too. Who else would you like to see stay on the Nationals? Well, huh. this is this is not about a let's say a a contract uh, that would be renewed. This would be a new one. So my once and forever boyfriend, Anthony Rendon is among the guys who are free agents this year. Mm -hmm. So Strasburg is now one of those guys because of what, because of exercising his, his options. That's right. And also Garrett Cole, for instance, they are like the top three on any list. You look at of free agents that are going to be, that are available this year. So interestingly, well, they all have something in common. They do. Which is they're a Scott Boris boys. And they we are. know and love Scott <laughs> Boris for really holding out for the big bucks, uh, no matter what the impact is on, say, the team. And I guess I just always kind of question where where you fit in the equation, that idea of loyalty or stability or anything besides just the big bucks. Well, interestingly, these three guys strike me as very different kinds of players mm -hmm. as far as how they're going to proceed in free Absolutely. agency. Garrett Cole, by the time when the World Series was over, had already taken off his Astros cap and put on a Scott Boris cap. Yeah. And that's that totally like hit me the wrong way. And that's why I think Cole's going to go to the Yankees, because if that's how he feels that quickly, he's willing to sell out. He's going to go to the Yankees and he doesn't have a beard. Right, he's already most of the way there yeah, as far as haircuts concerned. Trim, trim his hair, but he'll do that. He'll yeah. do that. It was looking weird anyway. We were talking about that. Yeah, the little earmuff, earmuff thing. Yep, yeah, yep, it's true. And and he already said, yeah, I'm unemployed. As opposed to, I'm a free agent now. He's like, yeah, I'm unemployed. I don't work for these guys anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, great. There's your loyalty there to the Astros. Right. Strasburg seems like a mild-mannered guy. In fact, when he was Super. awarded the MVP prize of this Corvette Stingray, which I didn't know still existed, while he was standing with his wife and two kids, all of us in the room were like, you know what? Oh, and by in the room, I mean at the, at Nats Park, which is right. where we watch this game. We're all like, you know what? As soon as the camera goes away, he's going to trade that in for a minivan. <laughs> Right, because he totally looks have like you seen his family? Well, and and also like he, most people that we were with missed him in the parade because he was just sitting there. At least when he got by us, like the, most of the other players were waving, and we'll talk a lot more about yeah. that. But he was just kind of there, and you know he's been a national his whole career, also. And I don't see him wanting to move. He seems like I've got stability. I want to be here, and I think the Nats are going to pony up for him. But I don't see the cutthroat. Nature, like I see Cole saying, yeah. bidding war. What do you got? Yeah, I can see that, but I also think that he's um, he's willing to go with money and comfort. I don't think he's going to go to the Yankees. I do not think oh, that no. he'd do that. But I do see him go to California. I mean, both the Angels and the Padres are interesting landing pads for next year. Um, and he's a he's from California, I believe. I don't I remember which part. He is. Well, he he went to school in San Diego. He was okay. San Diego State. So so hey, Padres fans, you guys want him? And don't don't yeah. offer it. That <laughs> is not yours to it's, offer. It's, Thank you very not much. My, not my choice. Not and my then choice. Anthony Rendon has said many times, Scott Boris works for me. I don't work for him. That's good. That's the attitude I like to he's hear. He's the only person I've heard say that really, as opposed to Scott will take care of me. Is sort of like the general feel. So they've got kind of different outlooks in here. So we're going to see what happens with that. If you remember, and how can you forget, because last year the the free agency season lasted till like freaking June. Oh, and it was crazy. It was so uneventful. We were just waiting. Especially it was the Machado and the Harper things that just dragged it, dragged it. Right, dragged but it, it wasn't over until um, until Kimbrell and, mm -hmm. and Keigel were, yep. were signed, right? So it went for a freaking long time. So Major League Baseball said we should help, you know, expedite this. 
So they suggested, plan. hey, let's put a deadline on it, like December 31st. So everything happens at the winter meetings. And the Players Association said, you know, that puts a lot of people in a take it or leave it position. Oh, it's not good for the players. The idea of speeding it up is good, mm-hmm. but that puts the players at a big disadvantage. Like, all right, this this you know offer is going to evaporate in two hours. It's like on a like a, a lawyer show on TV. This this offer is good, <laughs> but you got to act on it now, right? Scott Boris interestingly said, "How about incentives instead? Like, if you act sooner, maybe you get more draft picks, or if you act sooner, maybe." You have an exemption for a luxury tax thing, like motivate the negotiations as opposed to putting a deadline on like a drop dead date on it. That is very bad for some of the players. I am momentarily very impressed by Boris because this seems to be sort of a a mediating role. Right. Um, Yeah, he's super smart. He is super smart. So remember your vocabulary words, exercising your options, and hold on tight, folks. It's going to be a long, long hot stove season. And we know some folks who have been exercising. That would be our gold glove winners. Yeah, is that close enough to a segue? <laughs> so That's pretty good. Yesterday, the Gold Glove winners were announced, and we always like to check in our boyfriends. Our boyfriends are those guys that we picked in the offseason, and we're going to do that again soon. We each get one per team because they're special in a way that only we really understand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's what happened with it our, is a mystery. <laughs> our Gold Glove rundown. Also, we're in this weird position this year where it's our second year doing this, and the deal was we shouldn't keep any from the prior year, except for one super special guy. We get to hold one over every year. So we keep an eye on our exes. Are we like stalking them or something? Like I keep watching them and missing them. I think it's more of like a like a point of pride. Like okay. we selected well and look at those boys. Look at them. They're doing, we, we, we were good for them. They were for good for example, us. For example, my Cubs National League ex Rizzo got the gold glove for first base. So, hey, I got a gold glove. Very nice. Very nice. I got one, too. I got Matt Olson from the A's. I got the American League gold that glove so for his cool. base. So, well, mine's an X, but still, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, my ex, Paul Goldschmidt, was a runner-up for National League. Power to him. How, you did well on second base. Yeah. I, well, I got a couple of runner-ups, but you know what? Runner-ups are good for me. The the American League, Altuve, who, you know, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I shouldn't have let him go, but... There you have it. And then the National League, Ozzy Albies got runner-up for second base. Yep. And um, also in the American League, DJ LeMahieu, my current boyfriend for the Yankees, um, it was the runner-up. So we've got bridesmaid boyfriends. We do. Um, shortstop. I'm going to interject shortstop yeah, because why I, is that? I don't have any. Well, I have three. You can. Sh- I'll share. Okay. You want to hear mine? So my, my ex, Francisco Lindor of the Cleveland team, won for the American League. And I have two runner-ups for the National League, both my um, my current boyfriend, um, Paul DeYoung, and my ex-boyfriend, Trevor Story. <laughs> That's the weirdest combo. Like, we're you got your <laughs> runner-ups. And former runner-up. Well, what do we say? Defense is sexy. I pick a lot of my boyfriends for defensive skill. And you know, in my defense, I had Fernando You're Tatis very sexy Jr., defense. who is super sexy, but mm-hmm. he was super injured also. Right. So I think that's why if Tatis Jr. had been able to play the whole season, I betcha he would have been a contender. Um, third base, though, American League runner-up, I get Andrelton Simmons from my Curacao crowd. 
Nice. And my once and forever boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, runner up for the National League. And I'm really bitter about that because honestly, oh, look yeah. at the numbers, my friends. He's better than Nolan Arenado. And yet he's always second to Nolan Arenado. Although our, our two strikes noise friend, Jeff, would would argue otherwise because I tried to defend Rendon on Twitter and he came back at me with some, uh, I think it was war stats. I don't know. It was one of those, one of those uh, saber Jeff, we're going to have a smackdown. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you can smack down with her. Uh, <laughs> left, left field. We're going to go into the outfield now. National League, my ex-boyfriend, uh, Peralta from the D-backs, the big train, got uh, – yeah, he got it. That's it. Wow. You had a winner. I, got, I had a winner. You had a winner. And then I have a runner-up also, Juan Soto from our beloved Nationals. My American League ex-boyfriend in left field, Benatendi of the Red Sox, runner-up, runner-up, who had the, um, who had one of the best um, leaps in the World Series last year. Ballet-like and all. Um, I get. Hey, I got another award. Center field, National League, Lorenzo Kane of the Brewers. I merely had another runner up, but a current boyfriend, JBJ, for the American League. Who also gets like my applause. Yay. Yeah. Hey, wait, check out this um, Red Sox thing happening. You just said Ben Intendi, you said JBJ, and now I'm going with my always boyfriend so far, who I had both last year and this year. Look at that Red In Sox right outfield. Field. Yeah. American League. Pookie, Mookie Betts. So they're doing well on the sexy defense, but I guess there were some, I don't know. They didn't they didn't make the playoffs. There's next always year. next year. Next year. <laughs> Who are you getting right? Oh, Jason Hayward of the Cubs was a runner up. He's my current Cubs boyfriend. So say hey, runner up. Is it Jay Hay or Hey Jay? Jay Hay. Jason Hayward. Jay Hay. Right, you do it gotcha. in the order that it's written. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Catcher. We're almost done. I almost got it. Catcher, runner up, Yadier Molina of the Cardinals. Yay. And hello, Padres. Um, my uh, my ex-boyfriend, Austin Hedges, catcher for the Padres, was a runner up for the NL Gold Glove for catcher. And if you want, if you care about anybody who's not our boyfriend, who, you know, obviously we don't think is quite as important, you can check the link that we're going to put in our notes that'll get you all the Gold Glove winners. Uh, I'm going to talk about a never going to be a boyfriend. So we have never going to be a boyfriend. The boyfriends are the guys that are cool, got something special, maybe good on the field. Never going to be a boyfriend are assholes, abusers, homophobes, things like that. Aroldis Chapman, I think, was one of the the beginning never going to be a boyfriend. He was the very first um, major league ball player to be suspended under MLB's domestic abuse policy. That's a stat you want to keep. Right. So he gets to he gets to lead our stats, lead that stat. And he decided not to opt out from the Yankees. Surprise, surprise. He's staying with them for another three years, $48 million. Maybe his arm is worth more, but I think he realizes, I don't know, that maybe not all teams are going to accept assholes. Right, because the Astros are full. They have met yeah. their quota. So I don't know where else there is for him to go without shame. So I think you're right. I think that that might very well be it. We're going to contrast a couple of newly minted managers. One's a former player. One's a former manager. This was some more new news here in like World Series week. Mike Matheny was just hired as the manager of the Royals. You may remember Mike Matheny as recently the manager of the Cardinals for several years. He had a great couple of years. And then there was a downward spiral. They tanked. 
They tanked big time. And he was canned mid-season, which is a weird thing. He was canned mid-season last year and went almost immediately to the Royals as a special advisor. Oh, I interestingly, their um their previous manager who just retired started the same way. He came in as special advisor. So this is clearly some grooming that was happening here. Pipeline. But um Matheny had there's bad blood with the Cardinals, right? That's for sure. He's old. Molina, Molina and him just did not. He's like old school in all the worst ways. Mm-hmm. Bad relationships. Very like strict and top down. Terrible pitching management specifically, which is weird because he was a catcher. In fact, the um, the Cards hired the um, Mike Maddox, who was the pitching coach from the Nationals. Uh, Maddox left when Dusty wow. left. And they picked him up to help with the pitching staff because there was so much trouble there. So then, yes, then he was fired by the cards. And interestingly, you know, the cards and the Royals are natural rivals, you know, one end of the state and the other. So this is going to be a pretty fun to watch thing happening in the future. But a lot of people are not excited about Matheny taking this on. Yeah. And just looking, I mean, thinking Salvador Perez, like just being that jokester, I, you know, at that catcher bad blood thing with the former, former catcher, not so sure. But I have a, a happy news one, one that I'm super excited about, which is Carlos Beltran getting to lead the Mets for the next three years. He played for the Mets for seven years. So he's like a hometown hero. And he's a good guy. He got the Roberto Clemente Award in 2013. That's some boyfriend material right there. Oh, we don't totally. pick managers as boyfriends. And there's so many good things about him. He actually played with Alex Cora for a year on the Mets. And they played together for two years representing Puerto Rico on the World Baseball Classic, huh. which I absolutely love. So there's that that another Puerto Rican manager, the last two have done pretty well. They yeah. won the last. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Oh, my gosh. Except oh, my for, God. So if I don't want the Mets to win the World no, Series. No. But if they did, that would be the only redeeming value. But right now, I'm going to I'm I'm just going to say that we're going to be the first to call that or I'm going to be the first to call that because that would be so amazing. Um, and but he also, you know, how math works. How does it work? OK, differently than how you <laughs> Right. There's still a possibility. There is. There, there is. is a possibility. It's, it's, the season is First long and hasn't even started yet. Yeah. And and he knows how to make that kind of difference because he was with the Astros on and on the 2017 World Series team, not specifically known for his work on the field, but very much known for how he got that clubhouse together and how he, the voice of experience, got all these young guys together. And who did he connect with then also? That's when Alex Cora was bench coach of the Astros. Oh, I see where so you're going with this. So he's got this tight relationship with Cora. Cora is congratulating him. I don't know. I, there's a thing. There's and, a thing. And the way that you're describing the that clubhouse when Beltran was there is how people mm-hmm. are describing the Nats clubhouse now. Exactly. These guys gelled. They were they had each other's backs. They had a good time together. That's one of the reasons they were special and they won. Did you hear they won the World Series? Yeah, yeah, they did. Did you just say the Nats won the World Series? Seven times, once for each game. We're going to talk about that because we live here and we've been doing stuff. And the last time that we recorded was 
a moment of doubt, I believe, because it was when they were losing or they had lost, right? All three at home and we were waiting game six and seven. It was a low point. Low point. But y'all know how that turned out. And we were there in our rain gear in because we promised That's on right. our last episode, we promised. We that swore they, an oath. Mm-hmm, and we fulfilled that. Go to social media for evidence. But we went to game seven. We got super wet. We got Pause. super crazy. For going to game seven, what we mean is we went to Nats right, Park for right. the watch party in our ponchos from the All-Star game and stood in the rain for hours and we couldn't have been happier doing it. It was so much fun. Yeah, we would not get wet in Houston for a couple reasons. One, it's Houston. Two, it's a dome. But we did that. That was the first party. And then we went to the parade. Oh, yeah. And that was another party. That was so great. It was. It was just like such a good vibe out there. We were right across from the archives. And so the whole steps to the archives were covered with just red... Nats people, as were the streets. There were, yeah, I mean, it was like 20 people deep everywhere. We got there early enough that we were actually on the barricade, basically. So we were front row, which was so much fun. But I just want to give kudos to the district because oh my the God. parade was practically flawless. I have never been so happy to hang with D.C. police as I were. They were having such a good time. And everybody was like, yeah, we're all in this together. We're in a good mood. We're not here to make a mess and cause havoc. Totally. I've never seen the D.C. police cheered so much. People were totally cheering for the police. The police were also wearing Nats caps. Like, they were totally, like, into the thing. It was it was a community effort. Yeah. And as somebody who works for a city government, I always want to say, yay, public works. Mm-hmm. The people who cleaned up all that freaking confetti. The people who put up all those barricades who made it happen for the rest of us. Thank you, city employees. Yeah, especially the guy who had to clean up after the Budweiser Clydesdale horses. Yeah, you know, when he went by, the people on the steps of the archives were yelling, MVP, to the guy with the shovel. (laughs) He deserved it. Yeah. He totally deserved it. Um, Well-placed banner on one of the buses. What did the banner say? said, taxation without representation. Folks out there who are not from D.C., you realize that we're a colony here. Well, not us personally, because we're over the border just in Maryland, but... Where we were watching the parade, there is no representation in Congress. The over 700,000 people live in the district, which is way more than a handful of states. And we are represented by a baseball team, but not a voting member of Congress, even though D.C. residents pay taxes. Seems like that's against the Constitution. How about D.C. statehood? 51st state. Yeah. And Miro Bowser said that in her speech at the rally. And who is she? She is the mayor, the yeah, mayor of D.C. Is. We do get a mayor, or they do get a mayor over there across the line about a mile away. Um, and she, you know, has stood up for us or stood up for this area. And that is a good thing. A couple of other um, high notes on the parade, though. Oh, yes, it is that time for another beer. You can totally tell. <laughs> uh, on the parade, uh, Sean Doolittle, one of our very favorites, rode with his lightsaber as he did most everything else this past week. And and Davey Martinez, which who we will extol in many ways, we were in the sort of in the middle of the parade and most of the stuff went by and we hadn't seen Davy yet. And we're like, where's Davy's bus? Where's Davy's bus? We kept looking down the street and saying, I see a bus down there, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Our our very tall friend, Rob, (laughs) who is next to us said, I see a puff of red stuff. There's some smoke coming out or something, but it's not moving. And I think that's when this happened, that Davy Martinez saw a vet on the side who was celebrating his 100th birthday and he got off to get his picture taken with him. That's pretty cool. So Davey Martinez has been greeting fans whenever he gets the chance, like greeting them personally. Even at Game 7 in Houston, there's there's video of him going to the Group of Little Red 
red wearing people in the stands saying, thank you. Thank you for being here. You guys make a difference. And he made to talk about there's there's so much crying in baseball. So oh I, I forgot to mention the, the game seven crying like Danielle, our friend, was was totally in tears. We were in tears. So much crying at the rally. So much crying. Uh, Davey gets up and isn't going to give his speech alone. He tells us tells us that or us being the audience that the boys have to come up with him. And just what a touching thing for a manager to do. And it's like we were talking about those two manager styles before. Mm -hmm. Davey is the Carlos Beltran style where there's respect. You know this guy's in charge, but there's love. There's this family atmosphere. It's not like you're afraid of the guy. It's, you know. And, you know, he's got a heart condition. So when he was throwing that fit and getting ejected from game six, everybody was like, Davey, your heart. And he was telling that story. And he looked out at the crowd and he pointed at everybody and said, this has cured my heart. And I burst out in tears. It was, there was a lot of crying in baseball. (laughs) So much crying. And, and, and also tear inducing were so many references to sharks. I was, (laughs) I, I was totally digging it because I totally bought this from the beginning. I am wearing my World Series Baby Shark t-shirt right now. And the learners, the the owners of the Nats, father and son, the father is 94, 95? He's 94. Yeah, so Ted he, he got up, Ted, Ted Lerner, and said, from now on, you can call me Grandpa Shark. Yeah, yeah, he did. And Mark Lerner said, and before I leave, I have one other thing to say. Baby shark. So our local listeners, if you're from the D.C. area, you've probably seen this a bazillion times. But number one, we love it. And number two, maybe folks out there in the rest of the country haven't been paying microscopic attention to the happenings and celebrations in D.C. I don't know. Can I talk about beer? Please. I think I'll – now that we have another Why don't you beer, have some beer I'll while some I talk beer. about this beer? This is really good. So last – on the last show, we talked about the beer guy, the guy who blocked the home run – at Nats Park with his chest because he was a highly trained little league catcher and, you know, ended up with the ball, didn't spill his beer. And we said, this guy's going to get a commercial. Guess what? He got a commercial. He is in a commercial for Budweiser and he had a float in the parade. He had his, <laughs> that was his own bus, but his glory has not yet faded because we're going to talk in a minute about the Nats celebrating with the hockey team, with the Washington Capitals. Well, the beer guy was not left out. He was there too. And they had him play one of the in-between period games where you try to like hit targets with, with a puck and he won. And what he won was free Bud Light whenever he comes to the arena. And that begs the question, what if he doesn't really like Bud Light and now everyone wants to give him Bud Light? And I have to credit Mr. Potty Mouth at the parade when I said, I hope he gets paid for that commercial. And Mr. Potty Mouth said, yeah, he can use the money to buy better beer. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Totally perfect. Although if he had been holding better beer, he would have spilled it at the actual incident. That so is true. That is there, so true. Yeah, and not gotten near the, the publicity. So you go. Uh, more stuff at the Caps game. Uh, Adam Eaton chugged beer through his shirt as in the style of Ovechkin. Was no, he no, one? TJ Oshie. Oh, that was it. Oshie. TJ Oshie. That oh, That's okay. I'm here for your, your hockey you. fact checking. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not participate in any of the Caps um, celebration parades, stuff like that. But we that. live in the District of Champions. I love that. Isn't that great? I absolutely love yeah, that. Yeah. And, and Do- Dozier's contagious, apparently. Because actually, we were we were surprised when we were watching the parade. You were like, oh, he's going to go by with no shirt. He's going to go by with no shirt. I would have lost money. I thought Dozier would be shirtless in the actual parade. Yeah. It took until the rally. Yeah. 
all that time. All but that then, time. But then by oh night by nighttime, they were all topless riding the Zamboni. If you haven't watched this on social media, please go to Topless Zamboni Riding Nationals Players. It's amusing. <laughs> Absolutely amusing. And at the at the rally, when Dozier first ripped off his shirt, he said into the microphone, My wife's gonna kill me. And then at the Zamboni shirtless event, Doolittle said, to quote Brian Dozier's speech at Nats Parade, my wife is going to kill me. So, And then and then even better, though, the Nats tweeted at Irene. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Dolan. Uh, Dolan, right? Aaron Dolan, yeah. Okay. Uh, please don't kill Sean. We like him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was big fun. I like the cross training. And that's just a bromance to end all bromances mm-hmm. for the Nationals and the Capitals. They are just a hoot and a half. And then they went to the White House. Buzzkill. Super buzzkill. Buzzkill. I'm sorry to say, but this is news. And Doolittle did not go. He announced early he was not going to go. And he was extremely articulate in the reasons he wasn't going to go. Absolutely. I believe he's the only white guy who didn't go. Wait, right? Rendon didn't go. Rendon is Mexican. Oh, I mean, well, right. he's half Mexican. Right, right, right. Right? So then today a list was uh, released of other Nats who were not mm-hmm. on the list for the White House, including Anthony Rendon, Victor Robles, Michael A. Taylor, Joe Ross, Javi Guerra, and Wander Suero. None of those are white guys. Yeah, so I, I super appreciate Sean Doolittle for so many reasons. But last year when the Red Sox had their split, it was completely under racial lines. There yep. was no white guy who refused. So thank yep. you, Sean Doolittle, for being the first in this past couple of years of baseball stuff for standing up because you have principles. And now, because I watched the frickin' footage, now I wonder if we're adding to our never going to be a boyfriend list. Oh, shit. I need Kurt Suzuki to prove to me that he put on a MAGA hat as a joke. And the president got behind him and pretty much groped him. Yeah. And I am disgusted by the whole thing. I I was clueless until Jeff, our Two Strikes Noise friend, uh, texted me something about Suzuki being dead to him. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Because cause Doolittle had, had texted previously that I guess Suzuki was behind the plate for his debut when he was on the A's. And isn't uh, it cool that they're yeah. getting rings together? But Shit, how can he look him in the face at this point? Well, and then Zim is the one who presents the president with a Nats jersey with, with you know, the name Trump on the back. And Zim is kind of like the Boy Scout in the face. And I could see him doing that as a, you know, as I'm the representative of the team. But then he thanked the president for his, like, keeping America great. He used those words. He used, pretty like, much, the actual. Pretty much. And so I'm thinking. That's not cool. Now, I, I never thought Zim would ever appear on a never going to be a boyfriend. Thing. So I'm going to, like, we're going to think about that. We're going to have a consultation. But um, but Suzuki, unless he can prove it was a prank, like, I want to see follow-up. Like, look what I made this guy do. Then I'm in. But I don't believe that. I, Dude, I just red, red wine? Like, how can right? someone who has that as their walk-up? Like, oh, man. The other explanation is they were possibly still drunk. Yes. All right. I'm willing to that allow would, that possibility. But again, I'm going to need proof. Breathalyzers or public att- attestations or something. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things about the Nats is that they really, really, really were underdogs. Only one player on the 40-man roster, and that would be Hunter Strickland, had... I'm sorry, do you mean Hunter frickin' Strickland? Yes, exactly. That guy had a ring before when he was with the Gigantes, but nobody else had been on a World Series winning team, including the 25 guys who actually played it. So that's super fucking cool. The umpires were trying very hard to not make that happen. 
<laughs> there were a lot of bad calls, and a lot of bad calls went both directions. But then people did some math and realized in some games it was way weighted against the Nationals. But here are some things that have happened. Number one, I've seen a lot of advertisements for RoboUmp t-shirts. Oh. Right? Mayor Bowser, the aforementioned mayor of the District of Columbia, actually tweeted after one egregious call, Alexa, can a mayor fire an umpire? I love her. I will always love her for that. 538, the king of all stats site says there were, they analyzed all the calls in the playoffs and said there were 447 missed calls out of 5,459 called balls and strikes for a missed call rate of 8.2%. Now the regular season rate is 9.1%. So it's like higher. So it was, it, it was a little bit better, but you can rank umpires on these numbers. Three of the umps who were charged with world series and LCS games ranked in the bottom half. Because they don't what? just look at these ratings. They also look at things like experience and communication skills and all those things. But they determined that slightly less experienced umpires performed better. I think because wow. the experienced umps are old and tired. I don't know. I That's am also old and tired. So uh-huh. I don't want to disparage people for that. But I wonder if that might be the reason. Because we're not talking about rookie umps. We're talking about 14 versus 16 years. Also, there were a record number of pitches thrown this season, so they had to make a lot more calls, which makes me – well, because there were a lot more strikeouts because people either hitting home runs or striking out. People weren't swinging as much, right? So there were a lot more opportunities to make calls, so that means a lot more missed calls and a lot more correct calls. One of No Crying in Baseball's favorite go-to sources for material on baseball that is slightly off the beaten path is Deadspin. And I have to say it was Deadspin. Deadspin, cheers from us. We love you. We will desperately miss you. Here's what happened. This is sad. Yeah, it is. It's super sad. Um, And it's it's angry making too. So um, Deadspin's management company, Geo Management said, hey, stick to sports. And Deadspin largely did, they did a lot of sports, but they also did media. They did culture. Um, They did things around the edges. One of the sticks to stick to sports messages came out after the story about, um, uh, about Trump getting booed at a world series game, which I think is a sports story. That's connected. But I don't know. So um, Barry Pacheski, who was their acting editor in chief, got fired Tuesday for not sticking to sports. I mean, as to make a point, they posted a lot of their old stories that were not directly sports stories that that tracked really well, plus some new stories that were not they I mean they were poking the bear. And Barry got fired. There was a meeting Wednesday saying, Okay, guys, here's what you gotta do. You gotta stick to sports. And they said, screw this. And between Wednesday and Friday, there were mass resignations and there are now no writers or editors left. That's hard to um, run an organization. The Deadspin staff is completely gone. So Deadspin, cheers to you for standing up for your principles and not getting quashed by the man. And I will miss you personally. The podcast will miss you because you are a favorite source. Fight the man. Also fighting the man or not fighting the man (laughs) are topless fans. We talked last week about the models who were flashing Garrett Cole, basically, and they were banned for life from all major league ballparks and events. 
you have probably seen the video of the guy who was at the party with us at Nats Park for Game 7 who ripped his shirt off and did a slip and slide on top of the Nats dugout. Did you notice him when that was happening? No, I was busy crying and hugging you guys. Yeah. Didn't see it happen until I saw it. It, it should have been within our eyesight, right? We, were we could close. have seen it if we were looking, but we were busy yeah. crying and hugging each other. That's more important things. More important. But this guy gets invited onto local newscasts to talk to the weatherman. He's famous in a wasn't this awesome that he took his shirt off way. Whereas these women, no matter their motivations, and Potty Mouth has opinions about this that we're going to hear, and I I understand them, but still, it seems like kind of a mm, yeah. not fair. So I, I feel very mixed about this because they did have a motivation. So the slip and slide guy, it seemed like he was just sort of caught up with the emotion of the moment. He ripped off his shirt and he slid. Although with that kind of white male privilege kind of way, like I can do this and I'm going to get away with it, right? So the women, though, actually, they were pulling a stunt. They have an online magazine called Shag Mag, which is all about the boobs. Like, that's their thing. And they wanted to get more subscribers. So what better way than to get some free press? And boy, have they gotten it. So to give them a little bit more, Julia Rose is, I think, the founder, managing editor, whatever, of Shag Mag. And on their um, on their website, it says, and yes, there will be boobs, plenty of boobs. If you subscribe to Shag Mag, you become a Shag member, which is a whole nother thing to talk about, but maybe not. They, they had been planning this stunt for a year. So it's not like they got there and they felt like flashing. They planned it for a year to get subscri- subscribers, uh, Shag members, to their online site. They paid $80,000 for their tickets behind home plate. Which, understandably, the going rate. And she said something about like being nervous because they could only get Game 5 tickets. And what if it didn't go to Game 5? But, uh, but baseball was also chosen because of the accuracy of that camera angle that they knew that they would be able to get on angle. So as soon as it happened, they got grabbed. They got put into what she called MLB jail for two hours. And then that letter was delivered to them because last week we were talking about how Mm -hmm. it was amazing that they got the letter so fast. It was hand delivered to them in MLB jail. But the redeeming factor is that all you folks out there who are subscribing to shagmag.com, part of the money goes to breast cancer research. They they fund breast cancer awareness organizations. So, hey, boobs were good. I, I guess I could get behind that. Yeah, and there's no telling that this guy wasn't watching the rain pile up on the dugout saying, for no redeeming value whatsoever, if they win, I'm going to rip off my shirt. I mean... This one was weather dependent, but he may have, it may have been like, you know, predetermined innings ago and for no value whatsoever, other than I'm going to do it because it's fun and maybe I'll get on TV. But regardless, it's naked chests and one is banned and one is celebrated. And I'm just a little ticked about that. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Oh my God, this week. This week, I'm going to sleep a lot. Thank you, Daylight Savings Change, because I got that extra hour of sleep. I want more than that. I want so much sleep to make up for all the late night games. And I also, I need to make up, 
I need to do a lot of the transcripts. I'm way behind on the transcripts of our episodes that we make available for our deaf and hard of hearing friends so that they can follow along as well. I'm going to try to catch up on that. And I'm taking a mini vacation next weekend. Oh, yay. Where yay. are you going? I'm going to Asheville. I'm going to eat good food. I'm going to go see the Biltmore in its holiday finery and the Downton Abbey exhibit. And I'm probably going to drink some craft beer, probably a great deal of craft beer. If you're beer. in Asheville, you're going to drink a great deal of craft beer. What are you doing this week besides celebrating your birth? You're celebrating your oh, birthday. Oh, yeah. My birthday's tomorrow. I don't know what else I'm doing. Oh, you know what? This is our first week recording where we don't have baseball to look forward to almost winter leagues. Oh, yeah, baby. I am going to the Dominican site. I know you can get it on YouTube, but also I, I think I might renew my subscription from last year. Support Dominican baseball. Also, there's Venezuelan baseball happening, Cuban baseball happening, Mexican baseball. There's lots of baseball out there. You can watch baseball when Potty Mouth tells you where to go to watch that baseball. You can also listen to some past episodes, tell your friends about us if you'd like, and you can find us on social media, wherever Potty Mouth tells you to. That is Twitter at NCIB Podcast and Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and Bball and 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 inter, inter on the interwebs, the interwebs. No crying and bball.com. That's what I almost said last time, but stop myself. We have had a very long weekend, yeah. my friends. Say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. <laughs>